Footy Prime, the podcast is brought to you by Tony Bet, official sponsor of the CPL and presenting sponsor of Canada's unofficial voice of footy. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hello there. Yes, it's another bumper bonus edition of Footy Prime. Sharman here alongside Forrest and our special guest returned to the show of TFC of Canada, your very own Jonathan Osorio. Welcome to the show once again, Oso. Um, I'm surprised you agreed to come back again, but thanks anyway. No, of course. It's, it's my pleasure. I couldn't turn down uh, this uh, this invite. Never, never can. Finally, Craig. Finally. It's the, it's the best, show on the, it's best show on the podcast networks, apparently. Yes, on the, on the podcast network. I don't doubt it. Like I it. don't doubt it at all. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> but listen, I mean, listen. This is a big week for for Canadian football. Obviously, you know, it, it's enormous with uh, the qualifiers resuming next week. You're back in camp real shortly, so Now, I'm looking at the, this season for you, and obviously, TFC has been a tough season for everyone. A, a long season it hasn't gone the way you guys wanted it. But now you, you switch over to the Canada camp, where it's the opposite, where it's been a really successful. Yeah, things are going really well. Is it like a tip, a, a, a tangible switch in your head when you walk the line into that camp from from TFC? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think every time that uh, I walked into the Canada camp, it's it's been nice. It's been it's a, it's a nice environment. It's, uh, you know, it's been kind of easy to just you know switch off for a second what's going on at TFC and focus on. Uh, what's happening with Canada and it's nice it's nice it's kind of like always like a reset uh, mentally Um, although Toronto has been a little bit better towards the end of the year um, and I think that um, is in part due to uh, going away with the national team at least for me individually Uh, going away with the national team has actually helped me with my performances with TFC coming back every time so um, yeah, every time I'm going to the national team, it's 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 amazing with everything that's uh, been going on with the recent results and and yeah. So um, um, of course I'm excited to join join them again um, for this window. Yeah, you're right, John. I mean, I remember when we were struggling with a club in England and we had the international games, and it was a it was a it was refreshing, you know, as well as getting together with. A bunch of your Canadian teammates, which is a, just a fantastic experience. Win, lose, or draw, as you know, it's a it's a brilliant, brilliant thing. Um, but there are some differences. Obviously, uh, have you found it different uh, from even John Herbin's point of view, from a coaching standpoint, when he doesn't work with the team day in, day out at, at like club level? International football is different. Have you noticed that, and how training may be adjusted, or maybe even more? scientifically down to the second of time that they uh, John Herdman has you uh, is uh, doing different training sessions with you. Have you found that different? Yeah, 100%. Um, it's a lot different. Um, John, you know, to, to begin with is a very, uh, very structured, very organized person. And, um, you know, he, he, there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes 
uh, with him and his staff. Uh, they work tireless hours, um, making sure that everything is on point, everything is organized to to to, to best uh, equip us, the players, uh, you know, for the days, for the long mm-hmm. days, and 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 during camp because. Like you said, he doesn't have us, you know, uh, day in and day out all year. We only have a certain window of time to prepare for games, and and even less so in in I think in this in these windows because we're playing usually we're playing three games. In this window, we're playing two, so we have an extra day. But in the in the last two, we've only ha- we've had I think one or two less days to prepare. So everything from trainings, how long it can be, how much he has to cover. Um, in between those trainings um, without pushing us to, you know, to be tired or and keeping mm-hmm. us fresh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. You, you, have to, you have to take into consideration a lot of things and there's meetings and stuff. So it's, it's a lot of go, go, go with the, with the national team. So, John, do, do the players generally feel that professionalism at the, at, at, when they come into this team and into the squad? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, the reason why the reason why I asked that is because that was one of the major issues in generations past that we didn't have that professionalism. And if you're going to compete in a sport that the whole world plays, you can't get away from it being half assed. So you have to be professional. And I think that during the transition of that, I think probably Atiba Hutchison could probably answer and see the differences mm-hmm. uh, that uh, the, prof- the CSA has made to make it more professional. And I'm glad to hear that the players feel that as well. And I know how uh, meticulous John Herdman is in, in his uh, his training methods as well as uh, uh, minutes and uh, that you guys play. Does he talk to you or keep an eye on minutes that you play at club level as well? Is he keeping an eye on those type of statistics? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Obviously, he has the the medical staff and and uh, trainer staff that also are keeping an eye on that. And I, I, he kind of communicates. Uh, we have our our medical staff communicate with us pretty much after almost after every game to see how we're doing. They're aware of how many minutes we played, how many games we have been playing recently. Um, I know uh, coming back from the last camp. Uh, with TFC, we basically had a game every three, four days. And our trainer, uh, w- along with TFC, kind of came up with a, with an idea. Obviously, at the end of the day, it's TFC's uh, decision when to play me and when to not. But Canada kind of advised them on maybe a plan for me going into going into camp, not, especially since we're out of playoffs. Um, they kind of did a plan so that I could be ready for that for the Canadian Championship semifinal and play mm-hmm. 90 minutes and also going into camp now with this next game, be ready and fit fit enough to to go into camp. So every player has that. That's really interesting, John. So actually, John Herdman and the CSA are working with Toronto FC combined together. And because of the situation that TFC are in right now, they're quite happy to restrain or sort of restrict your minutes to help our national team. Is that what I'm hearing? I would say, yeah, more or less, more or less. I, I don't want to say it's a, it's um, the greatest relationship uh, because, of course, TFC wants to play us all the time. And, and then, you know, but I, I think because of the circumstances, especially at least at TFC with myself and Richie, um, 
there has been a little bit of uh, of um, a relationship of, of working together. Right. Um, you know, I I I would guess that in other instances, like in Montreal, they they might ask you know the the players at Montreal to if you can give them a rest for this game. But Montreal's going to say we have to make the playoffs. Kamal Miller is going to play. Saint Pierre has got to play. You yeah. know. Um, so yeah. I think it's just more so that it's it's the situation that Toronto is in. So that we kind of have taken advantage of that. Right. I mean, you can really understand the situation, can't you? When you got that club club country conflict, when you got clubs and are paying your money, your wages generally, and they're your bread and butter, and then you got the national team as well. So you can always understand and the relationships between the manager and different clubs is always different depending on the personalities, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean I think the the relationship between especially I think the the, the Canadian teams and the and the national team has 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 gone a lot better and that's a big credit to also John Herdman um, and the staff uh, there's been a lot of communication and I think it's getting better and I think the the clubs realize you know they're, they're, they're trying to help they're helping in the best way possible to to help the national team also be successful because they know the national team being successful is only going to help uh, football in this country. Oh, so, I mean, when, when John came aboard from the women's side of things, um, there were some people saying, well, that's a big jump to the men's side. Um, he, he won't be accepted, you know, straight away. Did he have to earn your respect or, or was that already there when, when you made that jump? It's, it seems to be so smooth sailing from the outside looking in. But I wonder in that room when, when you first met John, knowing what he'd done with the women's program, was it still a case of, OK, we know you did well, but now it's a different beast. Um, prove yourself to us. Yeah, a hundred percent. He had to earn the respect, I think, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I will say that he earned it in the first camp. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I, for sure, when he was appointed, uh, speaking with teammates, yeah, okay, well, hmm, this is an interesting one. We'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll see. This is it's different. Like you said, it it, it is different. And um, not that we, we we I don't think anybody counted him out or weren't giving him a chance. We just we, we needed to see. We wanted to see how it was going to be. And for me, being in that first camp with him in Mercia against New, New, uh, New Zealand, um, I, I was so impressed, honestly. And I said, okay, you know, this guy is, came ready. Uh, I think he was ready for this job. He, um, you know, has changed or he already changed a couple, like the few things that needed to be changed at that time for the national team to, to move forward. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was everything was different. It, it was it was very different, and and Craig, you you alluded to it. There's just that much. There's that difference in professionalism in the way he came in, into the camp, and um, like you said, Atiba can speak more to it. I know, you know. I mean, I've been part of the program for for a while, and I know from what I've experienced in the past compared to now, it's 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 night and day. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize too, and from John's point of view, can you imagine the. The, the anxiety leading into it probably from his point of view, knowing that he knows that what we're talking about is going through everybody's minds. Like, yeah, we're going to give him a chance, but interesting situation, interesting choice as a coach. But knowing John as I do and now you guys do, 
Uh, he's usually the smartest guy in the room. He's very clever about how to deal with things and uh, and how to approach things. And and he's obviously proven himself as a coach, uh, tactically, technically, and uh, putting a great staff together. So uh, it's worked out brilliantly for him. So I'm glad that that's obviously uh, translated to the players uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I would say that the, the players trust him, you know, and um, – you know the the team and 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 him. I'm sure he would tell you we've had our bumps. We've had our bumps along this ride and and our learning experiences. Uh, but I mean, you know, he's 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 very committed into to to being successful. Um, you know, he I don't think he he even registers what failure is because he won't let it happen. You know, and um, he's prepared for everything, which which is something that I. I really admire about him. He's, he's prepared for the worst circumstances, and and um, and you know he's always trying to make everybody better. And and yeah, he's he's done really well, really really well. And I think that really bleeds through into the players now. You you watch his team play, and there's a swagger about the team that you haven't seen for a very long time with this Canadian side. There's young guys that aren't burdened by the past. It seems they really, whether they don't remember the past, I don't know, but they seem to play on the front foot. And they have no fear. And we've seen them come back from behind in several games so far this qualifying campaign to get points, you know, show that resiliency. Is that coming from John or is that just from winning? You know, you win, you get more confident. Where is that coming from, that inner belief? I think that's a combination of both. I think it started with John in the sense that the number one thing that he wanted to instill in this group was a was a certain, like, team spirit. And with the guys that we had, I think it was that... It was easy to get that, but you needed that structure. You needed uh, the way to to get there, and John showed us the way. And so, I think it started with that. And once we got the team spirit, you know, a lot of guys now that are coming, young guys coming up that have played together in their youth. So, it, it, you're you're coming to the team with friends now, and and when you're with friends now. You come into the team with friends, then you become brothers, and now you're a family, and now you're working harder for each other on the field. So. That's how it began. And then the winning, of course, the winning is what adds to the belief. And then we start to win games. We start to see players excelling at their clubs at a very high level. Um, and so all of that just, you know, is a combination of, of, of where, we're at, where we are at today. Now, we obviously know that the, the big headliner that we've uh, in our national team is Alfonso Davies, who's, uh, and rightly so, he's had an unbelievable career, and he's so young. I think he just turned 21, didn't he? So what is it like playing with him? And a guy with his pace, we, we in our national team have never seen it before. In fact, many teams have not. He scares the living daylights out of teams. Do you feel that from your opposition? When you guys were at Azteca, I've never seen uh, the Mexican team sit so deep against the Canadian team. And I think not only uh, Alfonso, but just uh, other players that uh, create and have pace to get in behind them really worried them. Yeah. Uh, one, playing with, with, with Alfonso is, is incredible. Um, his, his, like you said, his speed... I don't think anybody has seen speed like this. And, and the control as well that he has with that speed is incredible. Um, because it's one thing to go really fast, but uh, to not be in control. He, he's in control. And, um, yeah, everything that he's accomplished as, as a 21-year-old, um, you know, I was watching something the other day on TV about his accomplishments to, today. And, and 
it's it's incredible it's incredible and and you know we're so happy to have him we're so happy that he's ours and um but yeah you like as a teammate uh great teammate great teammate great guy uh he he has stayed humble through through everything that has happened for a young kid i, I can imagine that could be tough uh, it could be tough to keep yourself on the ground but i think he has the right people around him mm-hmm. and i think on the team we 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 show our appreciation to him but we also we we i think there's teammates and friends that he has on the team that that keep him level headed as well um so yeah he has great people around him and and yeah just everything about him is is great and yeah we're we're lucky to have him honestly you talk about the pace and obviously it's 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 well it's more than world class but then on the other side Tajan is this kid who's emerging through this campaign and becoming a well-known figure in the Canadian sports world those those that didn't watch MLS perhaps are now realizing, my God, this kid's got some potential as well. What, what do you see in him? And, and he's going to Club Brugge very soon, and I suspect he'll do very well there. I mean, as a teammate, when you see how he's emerged through this qualifying campaign, you know, what, what's your observations? Oh, amazing player. Amazing. And amazing potential as well, mm-hmm. I see. Um, this is a kid that's very, very determined, I think. Very, very determined to prove himself every time he plays. And... Um, yeah, the, it's an, it's another one with with pace and control in his pace um, that is is amazing and and you know Craig you you mentioned the, about the Mexican team backing up because the whole backline was backing up because it was on both sides it was Alfonso and then there was Tejan on the other side and so yeah the, these guys they're just so dangerous they're so dangerous if you give any them any any space you're you're dead. And, they and, bring, and bringing that point up, you score one of only two goals, I believe, that ever been scored by an Azteca by Canadians at uh, an international level at uh, World Cup qualifying. And that was a big part of it, giving you that opportunity to get into that space uh, from, from wide play and pace. And uh, what was that like, by the way, scoring at one of the most iconic footballing stadiums in the world? Amazing, amazing. Honestly, um, it was just great that I could help them, my national team. I think it's what I've been trying. You know what I've been kind of missing up to this point with the national team is scoring a big goal uh, for my country. And 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 you know, like you said, in that play, we kind of we had pace, but we were also playing. We were playing through them, and and it, it just goes mm-hmm. to show the 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 flexibility and the adaptability that we have in our team. We can hurt you in so many ways, and and I remember that play came from a, a counter, uh, a repress after we lost the ball. We get a throw in. We play, we play there, and um, on the side there, uh, I make a run. Alistair finds Alfonso, and then Alfonso. We talk about his pace and 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 these things, but he he splits five players with a pass, and so that shows his finesse as well. That that, that shows you how good this kid is. And so he splits a pass to me, easy touch into the net. Amazing. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that easy. <laughs> it wasn't no. that easy. Your first touch, your first touch, and your between your first touch and your the shot was it, you, it was it was top class. Brother. I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you. But um, no, yeah, like the, just the pass, the splitting, the splitting pass, uh, pass to my foot, um, and then scoring was amazing to get us back in the game. Uh, two. Um, I think 
we've done that in the Gold Cup, and now to do it again, it just gave us this confidence that you know that that keeps keeps uh, growing. And we believe we should have won that game. We, we mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I think in other circumstances we would take a draw at Azteca any day of the week, but the way the game went, we were actually a little bit we left a little bit disappointed, and we wanted. To I love that. that. And that's yeah, you know what? I, I get that from this team, eh, Craig, that it seems they expect to win each game, mm-hmm. right? Not like, oh, it'd be great to win. Like, no, we, we should bloody win this game. Mm-hmm. We're, we're good yeah. enough. That's a good point. And do you think, John, that even going through that long route to get to the, the final eight uh, without going in there automatically, in some ways, playing against minnows, teams that were obviously substandard to what Canada was, and basically hammering them, going through that process, spending time, winning, spending more time, winning. It's, you guys went in with a lot of momentum. Do you think that almost helped you? 100%. It helps no matter who you play. When you, when you start to win games, there's just a certain confidence of winning games and, and being together all the time that, that comes with it, I think. And so for sure that's helped us. This whole road has helped us. And, and if it happened any other way, we wouldn't be where we are now. And, you know, those some of the teams obviously aren't aren't weren't to stand our standard that 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 we played, but and some of those games are were really tough still, and, and they they had we had to grow from them. Uh, you know, we talk about playing Haiti, the home and away. You know, maybe on paper they're they're not where you know Mexico is, USA is, but playing going over there and playing an away game over there is tough, and you know, you know, Craig, you've played in, in those kind of games. Those kind of teams, for some reason, they're just so hard to play. They're hard to win. They're mm-hmm. not and, the, and the pitchers and the conditions uh, all come Everything. into play. Jamaica Everything. is a great example of that, how you see how well Canada play a few days earlier against Mexico on a nice yeah. surface against the best team in CONCACAP. Yeah. And then you see the same team in Jamaica, and the pitch was a yeah. destroyer. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly. The pitch um it was hot it was pretty really really hot um you know we're playing during uh, in the middle of the day really we got lucky actually that the the sun came down at the time we played and and, and the sun wasn't on top of us during the game because that would have been really killer but even without that even with the shade it was still it was tough and and so um yeah so many conditions that you have to deal with so many things and and um so all of that, this this whole journey has has made us stronger and, and tighter and, and has gotten us ready for, for, for these moments. 47 caps, I think, you have now for your country. You've played more games than anyone for uh, TFC. Do you, do you feel like a veteran now, or do you still feel like the, the kid that broke through, well, six years ago now, around there? Uh, Longer. It would be 2013. 2013. Was yeah. it 13, was it? Jesus, I feel so freaking old. If, if, I I, if, I, if I remember right, on your debut, did you replace Terry Dunfield? Uh, yes, for TFC. You were yes. right, Craig. I, I replaced Terry Dunfield. That's right, at the Rogers Center. You that took, was a good you substitution. Took Terry's career. Yeah, amazing memory. Um, <laughs> uh, great memory at Rogers Center. We 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 won that game as well, and had my family there. So yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Um, I I I mean, seeing all these young kids, it's it's hard not to see myself as a as a veteran. 
but I, I try to keep it young. I try to keep, I think I still have the same mentality as I, as I had when I was a young kid. I'm just a little bit more mm-hmm. wiser and I have more experience, which I try to bring. But as far mm-hmm. as my personality and stuff, I, I try to, you know, be the same. And I'm, I'm the same hungry kid that I was before. And, 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 you know, always wanting to win. I think that's, that, that hasn't changed. It's never been, I mean, it's not been an, an easy road. I mean, a lot of people think that professional footballers and it's, it's, it's a beautiful life. No question about it. Um, it's a great uh, way to uh, spend time. No question. But it's not always easy. And you went through some diversity, not only at uh, the national team level, getting chances, uh, but also a club level. Um, uh, if you're going to give some advice to some of the young players today about moving into the professional game, what would it be? Yeah, I know. I, I always try to say this whenever a, a young player asks me or if I'm around them is that football is it, it's not it's not all ups and and it wouldn't be what it is with with only being ups. There's there's a lot of downs for everybody for everybody. I mean, like if you think you're not gonna have downs, you have to look at Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. They even go through downs and they they are scrutinized. So how can you how can you not expect to get scrutinized yourself at some point, at some points in your career? And so, I think for for aspiring footballers, you know, I, I always try to say that you you have to be prepared for those moments. And as much as everything on the field, um, you know, is important, getting you know, getting stronger, faster, better technically, off the field, your mental side of the game is is very important as well. And and you're gonna have to be ready to go through. Uh, times of low confidence, times when things don't go your way, times when things off the field uh, maybe distract you or affect you on the field. So many things. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to be prepared for that and, and you know always find a way to push through and know that if you push through and you keep working hard, then the downs turn back to ups all mm-hmm. the time. And so, um, yeah, it's a roller coaster, but it's, it's like mm-hmm. you said, it's a life that is – you know, it, I guess a good example of that would have been probably 2017 when Vasquez came in and you didn't, you were reduced playing time, but then you kept it, you kept working hard, working hard. And in the end, I think you played both semifinal uh, two legs and then the final as well. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. There you go. Things change very quickly in football. It's, it's crazy that whole year, you know, I, I was, and, and that's so true. Things can change so quickly in football. And another example of that is Jacob Schaffelberg on TFC this year. I mean, huge example of that. But um, yeah, for myself that year it was tough. I wasn't I wasn't playing regularly. My first time at TFC uh, going in a year where I'm not playing regularly, and the team is performing without you. So it's one thing that you're not playing. The team is playing really good, and then so you start to start to question yourself. Like, damn, like what, <laughs> what's, what's going on? I, I thought I was important to this team. I thought I helped this team. And and so there's so many like mental things that you have to deal with and and you know I just kept pushing with the national team I was I remember I went to that Gold Cup I hardly played I hardly played and um, yeah that was tough for me and so I just kept working and by the end of the year I was I got back to myself I got right mentally and that led me to being good on the field and I was able to win a championship that year and then. Everything changes so fast. The next year was actually my best year. So it's it's crazy football. It's amazing. 
I guess you can be selfish, but also be a team player as well. That you know, as much as you want to see a team do well, you can also think, man, I damn, they're playing, they're playing really well without me. You know, I find that with the podcast all the time. I miss a podcast, and it's still good. I get really pissed off because <laughs> I'm just selfish. I'm not a team player. It's like, God, Dunlop did a real nice job there. Shit. Yeah. yeah. I better jump yeah. back on as soon as possible. <laughs> you get nothing else to fall back on, Charms. Another. I know exactly. This is this is <laughs> this is my career these days. In my well, to be fair, me too. I got nothing. To, those days are gone. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're not bitter though. That's the main thing, right? We're not bitter. <laughs> oh, um, we we talk about the moments, you know, Fonzie's goal against Panama, of course, um, uh, and of course your goal at Azteca. Kind of got us thinking that maybe we should quiz you on all things Azteca. Craig's a, a quiz master here, so. Um, you know, you score a goal, Canada's first and only goal at the Azteca Stadium. You must know a lot about it. So, so Craig, uh, let's put Ozo on the spot here. Yes. Are we going to break up this or are we going to do a straight no, into we'll it? No, we'll do it, as, we'll do it as, as this, and then we'll we'll come back and break up the next segment, okay? Okay. This is, this is, this is Craig, you know, not listening in our pre-production meetings. Yeah. So we explained <laughs> to him during the podcast. <laughs> I was listening. I just don't have a very good short-term memory <laughs> or long. You were a goalkeeper. Yeah, that's right. Okay. You scored Aztec. Now, there was actually two goals in history scored at Azteca by Canadians in World Cup qualifying. Who is the other one? You know, I, 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 it's crazy because this guy, after the day after, or even the day, the, the night of, I heard the name and it's not coming to my head right now. Jerry Gray. Jerry Gray. That's, yeah. Oh my God. That's okay. That's okay. And hey. what, year, what year was that? Was that a. Uh... Oh, now you got me. I, I'm going to guess 1980. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there was a goal scored at Azteca. I think Canada drew 1-1, I believe. 1980, Jerry Gray scored. So Ozo didn't make history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why do we even have him Jesus. on? Jesus, <laughs> yeah, what a waste of time. <laughs> Azteca, also very famous for a number of different things in football. Maybe the most iconic stadium in the whole world. It was voted that the game of the century was played at Azteca between Italy and West Germany in 1970. The score was 4-3. to three. How many of the goals were scored in extra time? <laughs> three, four, or five? That's a good question. Uh, wow, what a great question. I'm going to say... Um, I'm going to say five. You're right. Wow. Five goals in extra time. Jesus. Yeah, the legs, were, the legs were gone, weren't they? That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. The legs, Another were one. Gone, the, the altitude, probably. Oh my god! Oh, I imagine. Well, the altitude—that's something. I was very surprised it didn't seem to affect you guys like it did us. Although we weren't able to possess the ball like you do. You guys. This, this is coming from the guy that smoked during his career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right. Okay, another one. Also at Azteca, this is probably an easy one. Uh, uh, voted the goal of the century. Who is uh, who is that scored by? That was scored by the one and only Diego Maradona. And who was it against? England. Yeah, <laughs> remember it too well. Just threw that one in for twelve-year-old uh, uh, James Sherman brought into his knees and tears. Yeah. 
Another, uh, maybe not a good memory for Canada, but Canada's record loss was at Azteca Stadium. It was 8 nothing in a Gold Cup match. Who is the goalkeeper? <laughs> I don't I don't want to say your name. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm used to it. I got beat nine. It's, it's <laughs> eight. You can do it in your sleep. <laughs> yeah, I can do this in my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad day. That was <laughs> At least there are no podcasts to talk about it back in those days. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we'll move on from Azteca. I've got lots of lots more stuff at Azteca we could do. My goodness, there's so much stuff. I love that stadium. Isn't it something? Yeah. No, it's, it's amazing. Honestly, there's like a certain feeling that you get when you get in there. It's I don't know. It's 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 incredible. It really is. It really is. But you're going to now move into Edmonton for the first time in this uh, qualifying campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, Commonwealth Stadium. It's a bit. It's a stadium that's been very, very good to Canada over the years. They've Edmonton yeah. have really supported us well there over the years. And I'll give you one another uh, quiz question. In 1994, Canada played to a heroic one-one draw against who at a Commonwealth Stadium? I'm going to say against Brazil. That's right. In 1994, and it was a pro-Canadian crowd, virtually sold out. I think you guys are going to get that same atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, this time around. And, you know, one thing that we do as Canadians and players uh, do notice is we get a lot of away support at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's been typical for years and years. I don't know how we get around that exactly. It could be disappointing, but you'll find that yeah. in Edmonton, it'll be a pro-Canadian crowd for sure. So they've yeah. been great in, in Edmonton as well. So uh, that's fantastic. Do you know, last quiz question about Commonwealth or sorry, Edmonton, what is the average temperature in Edmonton in middle of November? I don't know the answer to that, but I do know, I have checked what the weather is going to be like. <laughs> of course <and> you have. <laughs> it's going to be under zero, that's for sure. Um, if I had to take a guess, the average temperature would be minus, in November, minus eight. Not bad, not bad, not cut, not, not that cold. It's minus oh, five. Minus five is usually oh, the the, the low at night, but uh, and that looks as about what it'll be uh, come game time. Hey, yeah. so let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this. Um, it's minus eight, say game time. Um, who is least likely to wear gloves in this uh, Canadian team? Least likely, because most of you guys are going to wear gloves, right? I'm assuming. Well, I'm going to wear gloves. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who's the least likely? If if he's on the roster, Liam Fraser would be the least likely to wear gloves. Um, I'd be surprised if he wore anything, any long sleeve. That really, he's nails. Yeah, yeah. eh? He's got the Scottish like he's got yeah. Scottish blood. He he's nails. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I can't picture Victoria wearing gloves. He'll wear gloves. Big burly center back, not good enough. I'm not having that. At all. I think he'll wear gloves. Alistair, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'm not sure. Who do you room with? None of you Who's should wear gloves. Make, it, make a statement with, uh, against Costa Rica. Don't wear gloves. So you wear any gloves? This is our weather. This is our country. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to wear short sleeves, no long sleeves. Yeah, no, exactly. No, no, no tights. I should, I should. 
We're going to keep an eye on that. that. <laughs> <laughs> sure uh, Who's your roomie? Who do you roommate with? Um, right now, because of protocols and everything, we're, we have our own rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, before all this, my roommate was uh, Lucas Cavallini. Oh, right, because you guys go way back to youth yeah. level in Uruguay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. That's yeah, amazing. Sure. Yeah, we yeah. Mention, Craig, we should mention that um, the squad's being announced, I believe, tomorrow. So we, we assume that Ozo's on the squad. If not, makes this all really a little bit awkward. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I got called, yeah. You got called out. Hey, we broke oh! some news. We broke some news on Fruity yeah, Fry, Tony. finally. First time. Yeah. <laughs> I got uh, the call, yeah. <laughs> um yeah no me and lucas yeah he, he's he was always my roommate and uh, yeah we go way back man it's it's crazy to see how our worlds have come back you know um amazing you know, our careers have come back after you know mm-hmm. some time and 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 we've both been through different paths and so um yeah it's a it's amazing to experience hey charms here's one for you i'll give you a quiz question oh great yeah i was not on the rundown yeah, of course not. <laughs> I put together. John's uh, mom and dad were uh, both born in Colombia, okay. and two in two different cities that were heavily covered in the TV series Narcos. Which two cities <laughs> would they be? <laughs> I don't want to offend any Colombians out there. Jesus. <laughs> um, but, okay, so I'm not going to offend anyone, right? I was if I, I, I do. Uh, I think I know this. I know two. I only know two cities from that series, which is a great series, and that is Cali and and Medellin. Right. right. Nailed right. it. Love my Escobar. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And the All Cali right. brothers. Nice one. All right, listen, Nozo, thanks so much for doing this. Um, stick around. We've got something else we'll do for uh, for social media. But I uh, really enjoyed this. Good luck next week. The country is, I can say this for the first time in a long time, maybe ever, the country is really behind you, boys. And, uh, you know, good things are happening on the Canadian soccer scene. And uh, you guys are a huge part of that. So thank you. And uh, we'll chat soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me again, guys. Uh, It's always a pleasure, man. Thank you. 